middle of a series, Overcoming Our Greatest Fears. And today is about the fear of pain. We've talked about the fear of God and that in a healthy way, the fear of God is good. We've talked about the fear of rejection, that we need to come out of the shadows and not fear being rejected by people. Now today is about the fear of pain. Pain comes in all shapes and sizes, from one-time physical pain to chronic pain that you never can get away from, from emotional pain, spiritual pain. Pain is a reality for each one of you. We have been using this phrase, the roots of fear produce the fruits of fear. That wherever our fears are rooted in, the fruits of our life will come from that pain. And the fear of pain is rooted in suffering. That when we have suffered, we have these roots that go deep into suffering. And what happens is we can begin to be paralyzed and pause God's purposes for our lives. That when we fear pain, it can stop us in our tracks. Nobody wants to experience pain. Nobody wants to suffer. We try to avoid pain at all costs, and that fear can paralyze us and pause God's purposes. Now, some pain is good in our lives. If you're into working out and you want to build muscle, it's going to take pain to build muscle. Or if you have a fractured relationship in your life, to repair that relationship will probably take hard conversations, painful conversations to move forward and progress. If you've been physically injured or ever had surgery and you get put in physical or occupational therapy, there's pain involved in there for you to progress and heal. Not all pain is bad. And every one of us experiences pain in relationships, in your body, in your soul. And both the fear of pain and pain itself can stop you from pursuing God's purposes in your life. Don't let pain Stop you from pursuing God's purpose for your life. Pain can turn you inward. Pain can make you just focus on yourself that you can't see past what's going on in your life. Pain can make life all about you. If you've ever met somebody that's completely overwhelmed with pain, they cannot see past their pain. And they will let you know it. And they will let you know because of that fear of more pain, they're not going to allow people in or these things to happen again to them. Sometimes fear is good. And fear can protect you from unnecessary pain. But often fear of pain can pause God's purposes in your life. But if you're willing to lean in, I believe we can discover, even in the midst of pain, God's purposes. So to overcome the fear of pain, look for God's purposes in your pain. In one painful season of my life, I was pouring out my life into church, into family, and to, into relationships. And through a whole series of events, people I had trusted inflicted pain on me. And easily when people that you trust inflict pain on you, you can develop roots of bitterness and fear of more pain and back off from relationships with people. It'd been easy for me to, in a sense, lean into that pain in a bad way 
and allow pain to take control of my life. But I knew if I did that, I would pause God's purposes for my life. Instead, I chose to get better instead of bitter. To lean in and discover that even in the midst of pain, there was purpose. And even if it doesn't seem like that, there's a purpose in the midst of your pain. How do you find purpose in pain? Well, I believe that we need to come back to this reality that God is in control. That sounds harsh at times, but the other thing that we could potentially believe that is the world is spinning out of control. And that somehow what has happened in my life happened when God was on break somewhere. He must have missed what was happening in my life and allowed this pain to come in unbeknownst to him. I believe in the sovereignty of God, and even in the midst of pain, God is working out his purposes. Romans 8.28, we read these words by Paul. And we know that in all things, God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. God does not say all pain is good, but he does say in the midst of pain, he is working out his purposes. That somehow he can take the broken, fractured areas of your life and work his purposes together for good. To those who are loved by him and called according to his purposes. As followers of Jesus, sometimes we wish that following Jesus meant a pain-free existence. But in reality, pain is a part of following Jesus. A.W. Tozer wrote, It is doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. Following Jesus is easy when it's blue skies and butterflies. But bring pain into your life. And let's see if you continue to follow him. As a young leader, I attended a men's conference. And at this men's conference, there was a breakout session. And I remember an older seasoned leader got up and he was teaching on leadership. And he said, leadership is learning how to embrace pain. And as a young leader, I kind of was like, uh, yeah, are, are you sure you got that definition right? And I pushed back with him a little bit. And he didn't physically do it, but he kind of gave me that understanding pat on the head of, you'll discover. You'll discover along the way. And now 15 years later, that is part of the reality of following Jesus. And a part of life. It's learning how to embrace pain. And in the midst of it, find God's purpose in the pain. Jesus said in John 16, 33, I've told you this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I've overcome the world. Jesus identified that there's going to be beautiful times and broken times. That there's moments that we'll celebrate birth and new life. In other times, well, we will mourn loss and grieve and bury people we love. Jesus recognized that life is both painful and beautiful. And in the midst of pain, he said, take heart, find peace in me, and recognize that I have overcome the world. Don't let pain stop you from pursuing God's purpose for your life. All of us experience pain. One example of 
not allowing pain to stop you from pursuing God's purpose is a woman named Johnny Erickson Tata. For over 50 years, she has been a quadriplegic in a wheelchair after a diving accident as a teenager. Take a look at the short video about her journey with pain. When children visit my art studio, and I've showed you a couple of my paintings up here, I always like to show them this particular drawing. Isn't that just what God does to us? We want our lives all neat and tidy and orderly. We want things to fit. We want life to make sense. Like a puzzle, we put it carefully together, examining each piece and looking for a place where it will connect the dots and make the picture. We want to see what God's doing. But God, I don't know, he just comes into the living room and he always has this tendency to kick the puzzle table, upset it goes, and pieces go flying underneath the couch, and there you go, scrambling, right, to find all the pieces. It could be a bad medical report, it could be an unexpected divorce, it could be a death in the family, it could be some deep disappointment, Perhaps it's financial bankruptcy, or your reputation has been slandered, whatever. You go scrambling, frantically looking for all the puzzle pieces because you just, you just, you just, you just have to put this thing back together. You gotta get your life back together. And you're desperate to find all the pieces and put them back together so that your life will make sense once more. It's as Laura's story said today during our breakout session, some tragedy happens, a terrible brain tumor to her husband and she looks at it as a, oh, just a detour that's going to get us off for a little while, and then we'll get it back on the right track. <laughs> no, it never happens that way, does it? And I think wisdom is not the ability to find all the puzzle pieces and put them back together so that your life makes sense. But real wisdom is trusting God, even and especially when the puzzle pieces don't fit. And even though I look like a veteran in this wheelchair, even after 50 years, please don't be thinking I'm the expert. There is still so much about my life, about my chronic pain, that doesn't make sense. Just a short while ago, my husband Ken was driving me to the office of Johnny and Friends down the 101 freeway, and I had awakened that morning in, in unusual pain. I'm a quadriplegic, I don't feel on the outside, but don't, I don't, I wish I could explain how it is I experience such deep pain on the inside. And so as I am driving to work, near tears, I am so close to asking Ken to please turn around at the next exit, take me back home, lay me back down. But often bed is not a relief for me, I'm still in pain. And so I do what I always do, I sing my way through suffering. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let the praises sing. Okay, God, why am I just singing this? Psalm 119, I said in the van, out loud, right, Ken? Psalm 119, verse 50 says, My comfort in suffering is this, that your promises renew my life. You said that, and I believe it. So, Jesus, right now, out loud in this van, as my husband's driving, I'm going to recite as many promises as I possibly can, and I'm going to believe that you are going to renew my life. You're going to help me in this, because I can't do it. 
And so, Jesus, you are my ever-present help in trouble. You promised me that. You promised me you'll never leave me or forsake me. You promised me that you will uphold me by your righteous right hand. You promised me, God, that you will never, you will fight for me and that all I need to do is stand still. You will fight for me. You promised me that those who put their hope in you, you will renew their strength. You promised those of you who have faith, they will soar like on wings like eagles. I'm going on and on reciting as many promises as I can. And finally, we get off at the exit to Johnny and friends. I wheel out of the van through the front door of the ministry office, and I'm still in pain. But I've got courage. And I've got such sweet endurance and perseverance. I can do this through Jesus. It was almost better than being healed of pain that day because I felt, I sensed, I almost tasted the goodness of God in helping me persevere. I love how she says, wisdom is not knowing how to put the puzzle pieces back together so your life makes sense. No, wisdom is trusting God even when the puzzle pieces no longer fit. I love that she talks about singing her way through suffering. And that when God doesn't take the pain away, because a lot of times we, we wish you would have showed up there and the pain was gone, but the pain was still there. She said she experienced courage to face it. For Johnny, she has found God's purpose even in the midst of her pain. She has become an incredible advocate to the disabled, a speaker into chronic pain, providing opportunities just even for a moment for those who are suffering to have respite from their suffering. Instead of removing the pain from her, God has allowed her to find purpose even in the midst of her pain. To overcome the fear of pain, find God's purpose in your pain. And next, change perspective in pain to discover that there's actually potential in the midst of pain. All of what I'm talking about today is not something that I have figured out. I have not perfected how to deal with pain. And I wish there was a different way besides pain, but for all of us, we are going to deal with it. So I'm preaching to myself this morning, but I do believe we can change our perspective and discover potential even in the midst of pain. And one way that we can change perspective is on how we relate to people in pain. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4, Paul writes, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Do you hear what Paul is saying here? He's saying when you face pain in your life, God is going to bring comfort to you. And as God brings comfort to you, he's going to bring other people to you who are in pain that you're going to be able to bring comfort to them. God's presence in our life allows us to be present in other people's life in the midst of pain. So many times we try to give answers in the midst of pain. But often we're just supposed to be present in pain. As I look at one of my most common prayers when I encounter people in pain, I pray for God's presence. Because I really don't know what words to say. I don't know what they need, but I believe that 
the presence of God there and hopefully my presence will bring comfort. As I look at my own brokenness and pain from the past, I see how God has been present in pain and how people normally, in a good way, have been present in the pain. I think about when my brother was killed in a car accident at 21, how I saw God's presence in the midst of that and people who became present in the midst of that suffering. As I look at how one of my children was born with chronic health issues and how God was present in the midst of that and how people became present in the midst of that. When I think about just my physical body and the pain at times that I deal with, I see God in the midst and people. And even lately, in the loss of my father just in the last few months, I've seen how God has been present and how people have been present in the midst of pain, bringing comfort. And as I've received comfort, God gives us the ability to comfort others. When we experience pain ourselves, it's not only for us, it's so that we can be present in other people's lives who are suffering too. I remember one family when Nami and I were in a season of pain. They called us up and they said, can we plant a garden in front of their ho- your house? And we said, yeah, sure, come on over. And so they showed up with their tiller and they didn't show up with platitudes and all these perfect sayings, but they showed up with a tiller and flowers and planted this beautiful little garden in front of our house. I remember looking out the window and seeing the lady just tilling it up out front, a little power tiller. And they didn't come, and I don't remember any words that they said to us. But I know that they had experienced their own pain, and they looked at simply bringing beauty in the midst of our pain by presence and garden. I'll never forget that act of kindness. Because they just simply invited themselves into the pain to be there and bring a little bit of beauty. Also recognize when you enter into other people's pain, don't compare pain. Don't say, well, your pain is less than mine or your pain is greater than mine. Oh, I wish it was just this. You know, just compare yourself to others. Don't compare pain. It doesn't help. And you don't know what that person is going through in front of you. Don't compare, just care. Don't compare just care. Pain changes your perspective on people. It changes your, and it also changes your perspective on life. Oftentimes life is so wrapped up in the temporary, the here and now, what we can feel, taste, touch, and hold on to. We can get consumed with the present and miss this future reality that God has promised us. In Romans eight eighteen, the apostle Paul writes this, Yet what we suffered now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. When we change our perspective on pain, and we recognize that all the pain we are facing here is temporary, everything you face is temporary, and it is nothing compared to the future glory that will be revealed later. That is an eternal perspective. That is looking beyond and seeing something beyond the here and now. That our suffering now pales in comparison to the future that will be revealed for us. 
Pain also has a way of having us ask those deep questions of purpose and meaning in life and what life is all about. It can cause you to look around and see that there's brokenness in the world and I'm part of that, but I want to speak life and healing into other brokenness. Pain can motivate you to be part of bringing beauty in the midst of pain. This past summer, we went on a mission trip to Cambodia with a group from the church here. We went with an organization named Remember New. And their whole mission is to prevent children from being sex trafficked. Now, New, the woman who this organization is named after, as a teenager, she was sex trafficked. And as she retells her story, she said, in the midst of the most horrendous acts being done to her, she cried out to God not to remove her own pain, but that somehow she could be used to prevent others from experiencing the same horrors that she had experienced. She saw beyond her own pain and saw that God could potentially have a greater purpose. Throughout a whole series of events and years later, an organization is now named after New. And they have over 105 homes in 16 different countries and have prevented over 2,000 children from experiencing what New had experienced for herself. Pain can produce a new perspective on people. It can produce a new perspective on life and we can discover even there's potential for God to work in the midst of our pain. The Apostle Paul himself experienced overwhelming pain in many areas of his life. We read in 2 Corinthians 12, 7-8, even though I've received such wonderful revelations from God, he had experienced all these great things from God. It says, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Paul was doing all the right things. And in the midst of doing all the right things, pain came to him. He calls it a messenger of Satan. We don't know if it was a person or an infirmity or what. But that word torment there can loosely be translating getting punched in the face. So Paul, in the middle of doing the right thing, is getting punched in the face. Maybe not physically. I've gotten physically punched in the face. It's not a pleasant experience. But it might be in some other way. It might be relationally, spiritually, sickness, that it's just like you feel like you are getting punched in the face. And Paul says, three times I begged the Lord to take it away. Three times I begged the Lord to take it away. Maybe right now you're begging God to take it away. And so how does God respond? In verses 9 and 10, he says, Each time God said this, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Paul might have been thick in the head a little bit because it said three times, He heard this again. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ could work through me. 
That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and the insults, hardships, persecutions, troubles, pain that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Do you hear what Paul's saying? In your pain, in your weakness, there's incredible potential for God's power. That it's not in overcoming it, it's in the midst of it, discovering God's purpose in the midst of pain. Will he always take that pain away? No. But he does say that he will give us his supernatural power and presence just for the moment in the midst of that pain. Don't all of us wish that we could pray one prayer and have the rest of our lives lived in the power of Jesus to overcome all our pain? Unfortunately, that's not how it works. It seems like he gives us just enough grace, just enough power for the moment, for the day, to deal with the pain that's right in front of us. What is the pain that you have faced in your life? What is the pain that you're currently facing? And sorry to burst your bubble if you don't remember a season of pain. There will be one that comes because pain comes to all of us. And how are you going to choose to respond in the midst of that pain? Are you going to be paralyzed by that pain? Are you going to allow pain and suffering to pause God's purposes in your life? Or are you going to lean in and discover that God has a purpose in the midst of that pain? He can change your perspective in that pain. He can even bring potential out of that pain that wouldn't have existed in any other way. In the midst of pain, we have a choice what we will do with it. Will we allow the fear of pain to pause God's purposes? Or will we discover God's purposes in the midst of pain? Father God, we read in Isaiah that you were a God that was familiar, acquainted with deep pain and suffering, Jesus. That you were right there in the midst of it and you understand pain. You understand what each of us is facing with regards to our own personal pain. You know who is overwhelmed in the room this morning. You know who is stuck in pain or how people have paused God's purpose because of pain. And I pray, God, that you'd break through and that afresh and new we'd rediscover, discover for the first time your purposes even in the midst of pain. And God, that we could have a change of perspective and see that there's even potential in pain. God, I pray that we would not come with pleasantries and platitudes into other pains, but that we'd come with presence and perspective and comfort that only can come from you. God, I pray for your supernatural presence for each one of us. And Lord, if we are surrounded by people who are in pain, may we lean in and simply be present with them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.